The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, A rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, What is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account of your stewardship, because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, What shall I do? Now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me, I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know what I shall do, so that when I am removed from the stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors one by one. And to the first one he said, How much do you owe my master? He replied, One hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Here's your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for fifty. And then to another steward he said, And you, how much do you owe? And he replied, One hundred cores of wheat. He said to the steward, to him, Here is your promissory note. Write one for eighty. The master commanded that the dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than they are the children of the light. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. The person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If, therefore, you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, Who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can have two masters. He will either hate one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and and mammon. The Gospel of the Lord. In the course of history, there have been many occasions when the promise of great wealth 
cause people to do extraordinary things. They might go to another country, to a new world, uproot their families, even leave their families for a time because of the promise of elusive wealth. Few ever found it. Think of the the gold rush in the 19th century in California. Few people found great wealth there, but many went in the hopes of finding it. We've seen that often, and people admire that, and in itself, there isn't anything necessarily wrong with it. They found the wealth they thought they wanted, but then what? In the end, we have to account for all that we have. And in the end, there's only one thing that matters anyway. This gospel speaks of that. You know, Mother Seton had a rather strange reflection on this. She said, there is a mystery. It is the greatest of my stories. Not that my adored Lord is in the Blessed Sacrament. His word has said it. And therefore, that is the truth itself. But that souls of his own creation, whom he gave his life to save, who are endowed with his choicest gifts in all things else choose to remain blind, insensible, and deprived of that light without which every other blessing is worthless. That she couldn't understand. Why would anybody serve anything else, anyone else but God? Why would anyone serve wealth? Why would anyone serve any other creature? And this gospel is about that too. This rich man with a steward. The steward, we know, is lazy. He's dishonest. But he's crafty. The translation uses the word prudent. I think that's a bad translation. (laughs) In any event, the master knows that this steward is lazy and dishonest and is going to dismiss him. And so the steward does something even more dishonest. He calls in his creditors and reduces the amount that is owed by each one of them in order to ingratiate himself to them so that when he leaves, he will have some place to go. As he said, uh, to, to work I am unable, to beg I am ashamed. And notice the master approves and even admires the crafty servant for doing it. The steward is someone who is very much applauded for his dishonesty. And the world is often like that. Very often people will be in great admiration of those who have achieved great wealth. But those who have achieved great holiness, we keep at a distance. We may admire them from a distance. But practically speaking, do we really want what they have? And so our Lord then goes on to speak about this. For the children of this world 
are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And then he speaks of trust. And then he speaks of trust. And so you and I then have to deal with that reality in our own lives. The reality of exactly our prior, what our priorities are. For many weeks now we've been listening to the Gospels about this. Gospels about abandonment, detachment, and today of course we have one more example of what we must be able to serve. And our Lord closes this with a phrase, a sentence we all know. You cannot serve both God and mammon. You can only serve one. And which one will it be? We all need, in different degrees, some of this world's goods that will vary from person to person, from family to family. But the question is, again, what do we serve? Towards what are we really directed? What is the real focus of our existence? St. Teresa of Avila had a brief reflection that I think might sum it all up. She said, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things pass. God does not change. Whoever has God lacks nothing. God alone suffices. Patience achieves everything. A brief reflection, but it sums it all up, really. And having said that, I'm now going to depart from that brief homily to make a few remarks about our future. Some of you have already heard rumors of what's going on and what we need to do and so on. Uh, it's time for St. Joseph's to take some steps that we very much need if we are going to build. Happily, while Monsignor Williams was here, the parish bought the two houses that we have. Otherwise, he wouldn't have any real classrooms except for the two-story building and, of course, the other house behind it. He wouldn't have any place to have our classes, but even those are not really adequate for what we need. We need real classrooms. We need a real office as part of those classrooms. And we need a real hall, a place large enough, large enough for us to have parish get-togethers where everyone can come. Uh, we need that very badly, and that's the priority, too. Classrooms, offices, and a hall. I think that should be self-evident. Those are things that really, I think, can't be argued because they are so basic to any parish's existence. And it's time for us to have it. Now, some might say, well, what about the church? Well, I spoke to the diocese about that, and I was told, and I agree, the problem with that is that right now, we really don't know what kind of church we're going to need in 10 years here at St. Joseph's. We don't know what the size will be. The demographics in this area are changing. And many of you are aware of that. In fact, many of you have told me things I didn't know about the changing demographics of this area. And even though most of the 
congregation, and most of our parishioners come from outside the parish, nevertheless, this area is changing. We don't know what we're going to need in 10 years. We know that we'll always need classrooms and offices and a hall. But not the church, not yet. In any event, we're going to begin that campaign. We already have a design, which I hope will be in the family room at the end of Mass, of what we'd like to build. Um, obviously, we are not one of the larger parishes in this area. We don't have the financial means that many of them have. So we have, have a design that, if we are able to do it, will cost us, as a parish, $3 million. That's a lot of money. And we have to take that upon ourselves. What, what we will be able to do, I'm not certain yet. But that's what we're, what we're aiming at, because that's what we need. But it's always best to aim at what you need, than aim for less. Meanwhile, in this building, things need to be done too. Fortunately, we already have the money for that, but so it doesn't cost that much. But we need to do some things with the interior of this building, whatever might happen to it in someday in the future. Uh, we need to make it a building that is aesthetically and aesthetically uh, better for what we do here, for the least foreseeable future. So those are some things that are going to happen. I want you to be aware of that. Um, as I said, what we're trying to build is basic. Every parish needs it, and St. Joseph's now is ready for it. Uh, I don't know how much longer we'd be allowed to stay in those houses anyway. Uh, as you know, our preschool was moved out of the basement. After 20 years, they finally showed up and said, you can't be here anymore. And I said, oh, well, after 20 years, uh, all right. But... When we build, that may become a far more important building than we even think right now. I think that St. Joseph's has a real future, not just as a group of people who come together for Mass, but as a parish that is really active and a parish that has a, an educational program that is second to none. Who knows? I mean, we may even someday have a school here, although I doubt that I will be around to see that. But uh, who can tell? In any event, this is what I want, I want you to be aware of this so that as we move forward, um, you can think about how you want to be part of this. Obviously, we're going to ask a lot of people to be very generous. Uh, we don't have some of the financial means, not just by way of size, but by way of uh, people, that the large northern parishes have or other parishes in this area. We don't have that. But we have some very generous people. Obviously we do, and the diocese knows that. So the bishop even said, I want you to make it possible to the diocese for St. Joseph's to do what it can and to do what needs to be done. It's a new world, and it's time for St. Joseph's to really uh, not just function with as little as we can, but to make it possible to function with as much as we can. And so we're going to do that. As I said, it's an exciting time, and um, if we can all get on board with this, I think we can do it. We'll be going to see the Diocesan Finance Council next month to talk about what we are able to do, what kind of loan we can take out if we need one. Obviously, it's always better to do what we did here when we renovated this building, and that's to pay for it all in cash when it's done. But that may not be possible. Nevertheless, we're going to aim for what we need, and we will bring about 
the building that we need, and we will continue as a parish to grow. After all, do you do, I heard it the other day, that there are 46 people a day moving into this area. 46 people a day. You can imagine such a thing. The traffic alone would tell you that, uh, that there are that many people moving into this area. But we're part of that growth, and we will remain part of that growth. So I present that to you as a brief reflection on our future, and I hope that Teresa um, Morella will have a diagram in the family room afterwards for you to look at uh, and to reflect upon. Thank you for your attention. Thank you, as always, for your generosity. St. Joseph's has always amazed me. Uh, people here have always been so, so willing uh, and so have always had a vision that made it possible for them to be generous. And today will be no exception. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members will always be focused on the kingdom yet to come, even as they build up the Church on earth, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all of our catechists, that they will be transformed by the truth that is given to us, and they may impart that truth to our youth, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our nation and all nations of the world, especially those experiencing war or civil discord, for conversion, for all those running for public office and for peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who are hospitalized or in nursing homes, for those who suffer from spiritual or mental illness, for those who experience great temptation, for those who have lost the faith and lost peace, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For a greater respect for human life, especially in the womb and at the end, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese, those young men and women who will proclaim the kingdom of God in a unique way. For a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, they in particular uh, will be courageous in proclaiming the truth in a darkened age, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, who all have died on the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, especially those who have died recently in acts of violence. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. And for all of us here, that our lives will reflect the truth that we have received, and that we in particular will always Remember the goal towards which we are moving, even as we build up, as I said, the kingdom of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, We now join our prayers to those of the Queen of Heaven and Earth as we sing. 